The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Naturalism does not give you the imperative of unarmed truth and unconditional love. Those are metaphysical propositions, truth and love. May I dare suggest to you, they are embedded in the Judeo-Christian worldview. Coming up on Life Today, James Robison and Ravi Zacharias unite Christian leaders to explore the future role of the church in an upside down world. Welcome to Life Today. I'm James Robinson, and my wife Betty and I welcome you to what I believe is going to prove to be some of the most important television you will ever see in your entire life. Now, now hear this. 70 of the major church leaders in America gathered right here in a supernatural gathering. With great diversity among these church leaders, the supernatural unity I believe Jesus prayed for. And we came together in your behalf with concern for your future, for your freedom, for your family, for the security that you long for and the peace that you know is so important. And you want to see everything precious, beginning with life and opportunity, preserved and protected. What was your feeling about it? I'm very excited about what we, we, we saw and we heard, James, because I think it's so important to the Christian, the Christians like me that are, we're not always around all the leaders that can encourage you and can can lift you up and make you understand better what's really going on. And that's what's exciting about it to me is because you and I run across people everywhere we go saying, asking questions, well, what do you think is going to happen? What's going to take place? What should we do? And how should we react to the different things that are, our country's facing today? And I think there's a lot of answers in these meetings. And I think that you would be very excited and hopeful as you listen and watch these shows that we're going to, to begin to show you right away. I pray with all my heart, you are greatly blessed. Thank each one of you for being here. I think it's a, it's a miracle gathering because of the leadership responsibility that you have and the gifting that God has bestowed upon you for his glory and his kingdom purpose. Robbie and I both considered an honor that that we could join with you and join hearts to seek our Father's heart. I have been around for a while, and uh, I'll be 73 in, in a few weeks. I never dreamed I'd reach this age. I thought I'd always be a youth evangelist. But I, I'm grateful that God has allowed me to live to see 11 grandchildren. The youngest now is 17, the oldest is 30, and we have a little great-grandson. But I never dreamed that I would be able to see a family like I've seen when I grew up fatherless. And to see how much our children and grandchildren love one another. I think most of you know our youngest daughter is in heaven, and we watched her oldest son get married last, uh, last Saturday, a week ago. And we know mom was watching too. And to hear her son at his own wedding say such beautiful things about his mom. 
I said to our 11 grandchildren at uh, Christmas that I said, I've never seen cousins love each other so much. You're crazy about each other. Our son has four children, our oldest daughter four, and our daughter that's in heaven had three. And I said, you just love each other so much. And so help me, they began to talk about how much they do. And it was like I heard Jesus say to his father, don't we wish we could say that about our family? And I can tell you as a father, grandfather, and great-grandfather, my heart longs to see the father's family begin to reveal the heart of our father, the love of our father, the wisdom of our father to his family, and then reveal it through the family to a world that's groping in darkness, deceived and defeated in so many ways. I hope you'll join me in that spirit that God will just reveal his heart to us and then through us. The only hope we've got is the wisdom that God freely offers and is so seldom received. I really believe God has set the stage right now for us to walk through a door only he could open and I have found myself praying, God, let amazing grace that John Newton shared with Wilberforce, let it be multiplied a hundred times over in its dynamic impact and effect. In this day, the transforming power of God that birthed the great awakenings, the likes of which we need again and even greater. And we can have it. I see opportunity everywhere I look. I'm not too old to see that. I will not settle for a rocker. I'm not checking out, opting out. I am standing up, standing with you. And let me say this to you. One of the strongest things in my heart right now is knowing that there is a river in you that you may not even comprehend the greatness and potential of. But inside of me is that burning desire to release the, the river that's in you to flow freely to the ends of the earth, to the glory of God. I'm sitting by a man that I honor and respect and admire as much as anyone I know. He's a treasure. And I find myself when I pray for Robbie, God, multiply the impact of everything you have miraculously imported to him. Multiply it a hundredfold. He's about to open a center, which we and maybe many of you will help him do. In, in the Atlanta area, whereas one person said to me today, this man is so great, but he needs to be multiplied many times over. And I think maybe you said that to me a moment ago too, Robert, because our church has given nearly $2 million to help him do what he's called to do. We're helping him. What is it? He's going to multiply what God put in him because there's one Ravi, but there can be many, which is exactly what Jesus left us here to do, and we will help you do it. But I believe Ravi is here to help all of us be in Christ and Christ in us what he longs to be. I am telling you, we can witness the greatest move of God in the history of the world. Think about this. Jesus is coming back for a bride that looks like him. Not divided, defeated, desecrated, but adorned in his glory. Many people say, when's he coming? I honestly think I know. I think we can settle it here today. This ought to give you a tremendous amount of theological peace. <laughs> I really believe I know when he's coming. I believe in the perhaps not too distant future. It doesn't really matter. I believe the father will turn to the son. 
And he'll say, son, look, there's your bride. She looks just like you. Let's go get her. It has nothing to do numerically with how big the church is, but how big he is in that body. And I don't know if you did, but I watched them cut the heads off those Coptic Christians because I felt like God told me to watch. And when I watched them led out there on that beach in those jumpsuits, and they cut their heads off, and they set their heads on their chest, and they panned the line, I saw on their countenance, I saw a peace that passes understanding. And I said, I don't know if that peace prevails in me, but I want it to. But I also heard God say, that's not the end I intend for my church. I am offering you the invitation I offered Jerusalem when I knew desolation was coming. I knew it would be leveled. I knew they had rejected the prophets. I knew they had scorned the truth and cast aside and found themselves as slaves in the land that I gave them. I knew. But I said, oh, Jerusalem, how long in the face of all you've sown, the consequences of the rottenness of your actions, I'm inviting you to come like chicks to the wings of the hen. And Ravi, I don't know if it's a vision. Baptists are not supposed to have visions. But old men do, and I'm an old man. <laughs> and so help me. I want so bad to believe because I've seen the little chicks run to the wings of the chicken. I just had a duck in our subdivision. It had about seven little ducklings. And if you didn't see the Facebook piece where those, those firemen were getting down in the sewer and getting these little baby ducks out recently and putting them back up with this one mama duck waiting beside the highway with her one baby duck that she had while about seven or eight are in the sewer, the drain pipe, and they got every one of them. She waited till every one of them was beside her, and then she let them off. And I said, boy, she's a better mom than a lot of moms and dads are today. But here's what I saw in our subdivision. I saw a duck, a mallard that had all these little chicks, and I watched somebody run over to that to get to that duck, and that duck puffed up like this. It went, and I want you to know it's the baddest duck I ever saw in my life. And those little chicks, those little ducklings just ran there. Robbie, I honestly thought when I saw the beauty of Jesus' invitation of grace, and I saw those little chicks that I'd seen in the farmyard, I thought I saw Americans running to the shelter, not because we had been nuked into oblivion, but because we had gotten on our face in response to that glorious invitation of grace. And I believe he's extending it to us today, to every person who seeks office, to every person who prays for leaders, every person who seeks to lead, that we would come to that shelter and live in that shadow. That's not just my heart cry, and it is my heart cry, but above all, it's his heart cry. 
It's not only his will and his desire, but it's what he enables us to experience. The church can walk into that presence and that power, that anointing, that anointing, that divine enabling, and deliver the transforming truth of the gospel to the world in the face of all the challenges in our day. We can soar like eagles on the turbulence of the times and the challenges of this day. And we must inspire the church to do it. Thank you so much for coming. Robbie's going to share, and I'd just like you to give him a real good welcome to us today. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us on a day like this for the momentous events that surround your life and mine. It's amazing all over the world and I go and travel and even within a week from now we'll be in Hong Kong and Taiwan and so on. Same question is being asked, especially by the young. What's happened to America? What's gone wrong? They're noticing that things are simply not right. It was about two months ago I was in Moscow having spoken one of the events and having breakfast with one businessman out there and he looked at me and he said you know my hope has always been for the future of the world that America would rise to the occasion and somehow come to the rescue he said I don't have that hope anymore and here's what he said his English was not the best but he put it this way he said they don't think right there anymore he said they're not thinking right there anymore it was in the latter part of the 60s that Malcolm Muggeridge, one of my great heroes, said this, it is difficult to resist the conclusion that 20th century man has decided to abolish himself. Tired of the struggle to be himself, he has created boredom out of his own affluence, impotence out of his own erotomania, and vulnerability out of his own strength. He himself blows the trumpet that brings the walls of his own cities crashing down until at last, having educated himself into imbecility, having drugged and polluted himself into stupefaction, he keels over a weary, battered old brontosaurus and becomes extinct. He keels over a weary, battered old brontosaurus and becomes extinct. Ironically, around the same time, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was getting the Nobel Prize. And here's what he said. I refuse to believe that man is mere flotsam and jetsam in a river of life. I refuse to believe that mankind is so starlessly bound to the dark midnight and racism of war and racism and war that the bright daybreak of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. And then he said this, I believe unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. A very battered old brontosaurus and becoming extinct, unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality. Which of the two ways are we gonna go? If Dr. King is right, then our whole educational system is wrong. Exactly. I'll tell you why. Naturalism does not give you the imperative of unarmed truth and unconditional love. Those are metaphysical propositions, truth and love. They are not the natural bequest of a test tube lifestyle that works in the lab and tells you what happens when such and such mixes with such and such. The imperative of truth and love 
really are metaphysical propositions, and may I dare suggest to you, they are embedded in the Judeo-Christian worldview. The imperatives of truth and love are deeply embedded in the Judeo-Christian worldview. It was about seven years ago, I was in Damascus, one of my favorite stops in the world. I'd been there many times, and every time I arrived there, the chief of intelligence would always bring me in for the same briefing, the same plate of baklava sitting in front of me, which none of us dared touch because the sternness on his face took away any appetite for any sweets or whatever. But he would look at me and say, Mr. Zacharias, we know you are here and we welcome you. Just don't get involved in the politics of the region. And it was the same line. And I said, I don't plan to get involved in the politics. But this time I said something different. I said, but since you are, can you tell me what's really going on in this part of the world now? This is about seven years ago, before everything broke loose. Here's what he said to me. I quoted him immediately after I came back because I had his permission. He said, I give this part of the world no more than five years and the whole thing is going to blow up if nothing changes. If nothing changes here, the whole place is going to blow up. Did he know something then? Did he know ISIS was looming in the background? Did he know of all the terror that stalked them? He is one of the first to be assassinated after everything collapsed out there long before this all began. Today, what are they talking about? Maybe 200,000? In a city that had a man in a basket lowered over the wall to bring the message of salvation and hope. He himself being a terrorist, having been converted and took the message of peace all over the globe and gave to us one third of the New Testament. And as I take that story and illustration in the background, which of us knows what looms ahead in the next five years here? What lies ahead for us? Well, thank you, Lord. I can't imagine any of you not being blessed by what you've seen today, what you'll see throughout the week and into next week. Well, you're going to hear, I believe, not just the heartfelt concern of some church leaders, some highly respected shepherds and, and, and women that have been incredible, uh, let's say, representatives of truth and freedom through, throughout the nation. As you've been listening, I believe your hearts have been moved and you understand that we must protect our freedom not only the freedom of religion and worship, but, but the ability to create opportunity for others and to be blessed and maintain a stable economy and opportunities to work so that as we're blessed, we can bless others, which Betty, our viewers, I mean, you have, you're, you're amazing. You have such a God-given concern that when we show you an opportunity to change someone's life with, a, with, a, with a, an extended hand of love and mercy, you're anxious to do it. And right now, here's what we're trying to do in the season of giving. As we thank God, we go into Thanksgiving, as we move into the Christmas season, right now, ahead of time, we want to provide the greatest possible Christmas for some little children that have tremendous needs. And it is going to be an overwhelming expression of joy. Watch closely and see if you don't want to change everything through an act of love for some very precious children and their families. We've been privileged to have shoes go with gifts during the year to many of our mission outreaches. I have wanted to do this for so many years, from the very first year to the first village. It's really 
hurt me to watch the injuries that they have to their feet. But look, those are shoes in there. We can get them easily. They don't need to go barefoot. It's horrible. They get diseases in their feet. They already have enough to deal with without that. So this is an easy fix for them to get their feet protected. Let's do it. It's, it's great. Look at this. It's awesome. They're so happy. Let's see your feet here. Oh, getting heavier. Many of them have never had shoes. They're so excited about getting them today. They were pushing and crowding in on us. You can help us to get shoes for these children. Good fit. Good fit for you guys. Wow, that's exciting to me, Betty. I watched Jeannie Rogers. You may not know this. Uh, Jeannie's been with us, my goodness, okay. and traveled for well over 40 years. But she was a teenager, and she accepted Christ, or I was preaching, at a youth encampment in Falls Creek, Oklahoma. And she was a wonderful little church soloist. And during the course of the week, she realized, I've been singing about a Jesus I don't really know. And Jeannie gave her life to Christ, a great singer, did all the crusades with us. Remember, some of you may not even know, I did over 600 citywide crusades. And then God moved us into the servant role. And here this gifted singer, many times Jerry Falwell said, the greatest singer, male or female, on the face of the earth, Jeannie Rogers. That's the way Jerry Falwell would introduce Jeannie. And, and here's the thing. When we went to the mission fields, our hearts went there, and she went right with us. And she's never stopped. It's beautiful. And we also saw our grandson there, <laughs> our, our beautiful daughter, Robin, who was watching from heaven, saw Chris not only there on a life-changing experience on the mission field, he said, but another life-changing experience when he was married a few weeks ago to a beautiful bride. And he honored his mother with the kind things he said. And mom has continued to be honored by the beautiful witness of her, her son and now that beautiful bride. Here's what I want you to understand. is the love of God that changed Jeannie. It's the love of God that's expressed through Jeannie and her excitement about putting shoes on little children's feet. The love of God that led our grandson to say, this mission trip and opportunity changed my life in so many positive ways. Thank you for making those opportunities possible. Would you help us provide shoes for children this Christmas? $36, they're $3.60 a piece and basically, their shoes, like the Crocs that you'll pay 30 to $40 for, I mean, they're basically the same. But we're able to get them for these children at $3.60 a pair. $36, 10 children's shoes for Christmas. $180, 50 children. Would you help us? Would you please give us an opportunity to put in the hands of those missionaries a beautiful expression of love? We want to send you as a gift for an expression of thanks for any gift, a beautiful little Christmas ornament that we've been giving like this for years. And we send this for any gift. But let me show you something else. And Betty, I think this is just absolutely I beautiful. Because you can put you can put all of these on the tree. Some of you have been collecting, collecting them over the years. Now you'll be able to basically double the, uh, uh, the beautiful tree. Here are all of the shoes that have been made over the last six seasons. And we will send you this as a gift. If you would make that gift to give 50 children uh, a pair of shoes. And of course, we have the beautiful bronze. If you could make a very special gift, we're also giving smiles. We're doing surgeries 
for little children with cleft palate or some kind of a lip or facial deformity. And I'm telling you, that love gift puts a smile on a child's face and everybody that ever sees them. I want to thank you. Thank you right now for going to lifetoday.org or dialing that number. It's always there if you need prayer, but it's also there if you want to share an expression of God's love. And take your bank card, make the best gifts you can make, and I'm telling you, it's going to have a transforming effect. Please, right now, lifetoday.org, dial the number. If you send a check, call us and tell us what you're putting in the mail. Make the check to life. Thank you for doing it. Poverty is a killer, and because of it, children needlessly suffer, not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we take for granted, such as a healthy smile or a simple pair of shoes. For most of these children, they've never owned a new pair of shoes. And while that may seem minor in the light of all their needs, walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections that could lead to crippling consequences, disease, and even death. By responding today, you can help life immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 150,000 children around the world, just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes. A gift of $72 will help provide 20 pair. And a gift of $180 will help provide 50 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. With your gift of any amount, be sure to request this beautifully crafted blue metal shoe ornament, a treasure to place on your tree each holiday season. With your gift of $180 or more, you may also request this keepsake boxed set of life's Christmas shoe ornaments. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide over 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries, and you may request our Majesty Bronze Sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. Well, I, I can't look at these shoes and not smile. I mean, these are precious little shoes. They are. Because they're going on precious feet. And they're given because of love. God's love through you. And, and Betty, we just say thank you Absolutely. in behalf of all these children. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your, the way you respond. We can always bring a need to you and you respond so graciously. Thank you. you you're amazing. And by the way, really pray. Don't opt out of the decision of choosing our leaders and, and basing your decisions on the foundation and the principles essential to freedom and to our future. There are no perfect candidates, no perfect voters, but we want to deliver the truth and we want to share the wisdom of God, which is what we've been doing and will be doing the next days. Thank you for demonstrating the love of God. Thank you for your prayers.
Hear more from Ravi tomorrow. Somebody whose mind is bent towards deceit and a lie, the, the darkness becomes the light. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.